Michigan, ground zero in the abortion war. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, abortion immediately becomes illegal in Michigan. Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald says she will not prosecute. Her neighbor, Macomb County Prosecutor Pete Lacido, will bring charges. That and the complaints from the grocery aisle. Economy out of control. And in Wayne County, what a graft pit. Sheriff Feely hands. And read live somewhere from the sticks. Talking about Dave Chappelle being attacked on stage. He told you. That and more. NBN. No bullshit. No bullshit. No bullshit. Hold on, let's just start breaking this. No more bullshit. No more bullshit. No bullshit. The big news this week, abortion. A leaked draft opinion shows that the United States Supreme Court will quite probably overturn Roe v. Wade, ending 50 years of federal abortion protections. Instead of federal protections, state legislators and voters would now decide. The court's final opinion is expected in about eight weeks. And if it is in fact the case of what we're reading in this draft opinion, ground zero will be Michigan. Michigan is one of nine states that currently has on its books a depression era law that bans abortions in all cases except a woman's uh, life if it to be in danger. And it will immediately become the law of the state Joining us is Oakland County Prosecutor Karen McDonald, a Democrat who was one of five Michigan County prosecutors who signed a statement this week saying she would not enforce that law. Welcome, Karen, and please explain. Well, good afternoon. Um, I did, in fact, sign a statement with several of my colleagues stating that that is not something as a prosecutor um, we would choose to prosecute, uh, not only because it's not a good uh, use of our resources, um, at a moment where we're experiencing an all-time high in gun violence, um, human trafficking, and substance abuse issues, uh, but also because I, I don't think the law is constitutional, and I am firmly pro-choice. I've never said I was anything but, and Michigan has one of the strictest uh, statutes drafted in the country. It absolutely, it offers no exception for rape. It offers no exception for incest. And all it will do is criminalize doctors performing health care. Uh, the, the, the statute right now is because it was written in the 1930s. It, it, you could argue makes it a felony to prescribe medication, which is what the majority of, um, Abortions are um, due to medications, not um, procedures. So that 
that's just not something I'm ever going to do. We we make decisions as prosecutors all over the country uh, to decide what we're going to charge and who we're going to charge. And there are hundreds of antiquated and some not antiquated uh, crimes that people that if prosecutors choose not to to prosecute every single day. So um, I will not be prosecuting a doctor or charging a doctor with a felony for providing prescriptions or um, procedures terminating in a pre- terminating a pregnancy. Well, that's pretty plain right there. I, I'm going to bring in Pete Lacido, the Republican prosecutor of Macomb County, who has said he will enforce Michigan's abortion law. Uh, welcome in, Pete. Please explain. Yeah. Good afternoon, Charlie. And to the two Karens, how are you? And it's pretty simple. Uh, I was a former lawmaker. I used to make those laws, including uh, the, the one that you're, you're talking about, but I didn't make it. I wasn't even born then. The 1931 law is still on the books. We don't go through the court system. And I know my colleague, Karen McDonald, was a judge on the bench. It would be uh, ineffective of the way our government is set up to go and legislate through the court system. And that's what's going on with the lawsuit. And the fact that any prosecutor would sign on means that they're not taking their cases on a case-by-case basis. I promise that when I took my oath of office that I would uphold all the laws of the state of Michigan. I promised that I would uphold the Constitution. That is an oath that we all take as prosecutors, all 83 in this state. In addition, even though we are pro-choice or pro-life, it really doesn't make a difference because the laws are the laws are the laws. If the legislature wants to take it up or ACLU, which they're doing now, is going out and doing the ballot initiative to go ahead and change the law, that's what happens in this state. The marijuana law was on the books. The people went and they put it and said, now it's not going to be illegal anymore. It's going to be legal marijuana. Let's talk about this, though. If I've never presented a warrant for adultery, because everybody used that as an example, if I've never been presented a warrant for cow at large, if I was never presented a warrant for abortion, 1931 law, then I never have to worry about it because as a prosecutor, I only have to worry about those that are coming in with a warrant, the elements of the crime that were made, and whether or not a doctor or an individual or a care provider or whoever else is at risk and or subject to the laws of the state. It's a case by case by case by case. I don't have the right. I don't have the right to pick and choose which laws I'm going to enforce. I have the right to see if the elements are made. I have the right under my obligation oath to go ahead and bring the charges that the police, the police who do the investigation, come up to my office with these warrants and say, I'm bringing a warrant based on these circumstances, these facts, this evidence, and I'd like to have it signed. And let, me, you let, me, let me get you, uh, Karen, prosecutor, Karen. So what Pete's saying is you would be end running your obligation as a prosecutor if somebody brought such a charge to you, your, your answer to that. I, I would say that not only is it a right, it's our obligation as prosecutors to make good decisions about what our office is going to pursue and what it's not. We do that every single day. 
Uh, Pete's office does that every single day. And it's my obligation to do that. When I was elected, I I made it very clear that I was pro-choice and I am the top vote getter in Oakland County. I beat a 12-year incumbent and then I um, was victorious in the general. And I did that based on those beliefs. That law was not in place. And I would, you know, Pete and I have just had a discussion about civility in, in politics. And so we both agree that we can disagree and do so in a civil manner. See, I like that. But, 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 but Pete, you wouldn't charge cow at large if it was brought to you. You wouldn't do it. Your warrant writers wouldn't do it. And so to say that you, you just, you have an obligation if the police bring it to you and you can prove your case, then you have an obligation to charge it. That just isn't so. We're not elected to be robots. We're elected to make good choices that's in the benefit and interest of the public and public safety. And at, at a time when there are such critical, critical um, things going on in our community and gun violence being one of them, it is my obligation to use good sense and make a dis- and use my discretion about what we're going to spend our resources for. On. That makes sense, Pete. Well, here I noticed also something. My uh, one of my favorite presidents, because I don't have a favorite, because there was always favorites. But one of my favorites was Ronald Reagan, and his quote was, "I noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born." Um, it's profound, but it's true. I have a warrant division. My warrant division has been instructed if the crime is on the books, why am I picking and choosing which crimes I'm going to enforce and not enforce? That would be not giving proper notice in the legal world of what is a crime and what isn't. Because according to certain prosecutors in the state, they feel that they don't meet the, the requisite requirement in their moral beliefs but in their legal obligation, and I want you to remember what I'm saying, I don't have a right to turn my back on the law when I, uh, I'm supposed to uphold it. Now, whether or not I have a warrant is a whole new ball of wax, which means I've never been presented in the 16 months in this office with an adultery warrant, even though it's still on the books. Let me pause you there. Let me, pa- let, me, let, me, let me pause you there. This is quite easy. So somebody, yeah. somebody could go to divorce court in Macomb, mm-hmm. go through every divorce filing, five, uh, uh, find a thousand instances and accusations of adultery. You could put an ADA in that courtroom and charge everybody into infinitum. Charlie, As a former I'm, family I'm, court judge, uh, I, I fully support that. He's absolutely right. Goes on every single day. Right. So, I mean, you might expect that after someone listens to this podcast, because that that would be a, a really great thing to do for a lot of litigants in the in the family court. Here, here's the difference, though, Charlie. If a police officer or a law enforcement official doesn't investigate and bring the warrant to Karen or I, We have no legal duty. This is the law. We have no legal duty to do our own independent investigation to bring a warrant. We don't have the legal duty. All the legal duty is vested in the police officers who have the tools, the resources, and the tax dollars to do the investigation and bring the evidence. When they do, we sit back as prosecutors and say, one, is it a chargeable offense? Two, is the elements of the crime made? If those things are present, I want to know why I took an oath of office to uphold the laws of this state. And lastly, here it comes. Why am I sending any lawmaker to Lansing to make a law that a prosecutor is not going to enforce? Somebody answer that question. 
well, let me do this. And then I'm going to give it to my colleague, Karen. This is important. Uh, Mark was here going, I don't get it all. I did a lot. I call a lot of people, did a lot of reading. Here, here's what it is. Uh, if you've read the draft opinion of uh, Samuel Alito, Justice Alito, he argues that abortion is not mentioned in the Constitution and so not protected. But neither is privacy, gay marriage, oral sex, even group sex. But the court has previously ruled that these rights are inferred by the Ninth and Fourteenth Amendments protecting personal individual liberties. Alito argues that abortion is different. This is his argument, since it is, quote, a critical moral question involving not just the woman, but the unborn child or fetus or whatever you want to call it. Now, to me, this seems specious, kicking the question to the boneheads in Lansing. It, it doesn't doesn't it open the door? Does it not? Same sex marriage has no long tradition and in some people's minds would raise critical moral questions. Michigan still has laws on the books banning sodomy, adultery, same sex marriages in our Constitution. Does this not open a Pandora's box of reengineering modern and current American society? Somebody grab yes. that. Yes, it does. And by the way, Based on what's going on in our country right now, I will not be surprised at all if we're not sitting here a year from now and having the same conversation about same-sex marriage. I will not prosecute that either. I do not believe that is right. And if the, the people in Oakland County disagree with me, they can go to the polls. And but I'm not going to I'm not going to enforce that. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, the I have all, a lot of respect for the legislature, but the the polling on um, abortion, by the way, in many instances, not just it's not a it's not a partisan poll. They're independent polls. Overwhelmingly, the people of this state believe that a woman should have a right to choose. Uh, so, you know, and, and with regard to the legislature, it's very, very difficult to enact the law. And, and it's, it's very difficult for a legislator to get, in my view, very much done. And Remember, this was a law that was written in the 1930s. And if if there are people, there are prosecutors who want to prosecute a doctor for performing an abortion on a, on a young woman who was raped. I, I, I find that unconscionable and I, I will not do it. Pete, I got a question okay. there. Pete, what's the law say is is. In 1931, does the doctor get charged? Does yes. the woman get charged? Do no, they both? The doctor. Okay. Okay. I have to. I have to bring this back home because there's a lawmaker in Lansing, as well as a prosecutor taking an oath. I know our governor did the same thing. She law made for 14 years, and she was a prosecutor in Ingham County. So I want to bring this to the forefront. Number one, sodomy is off the books. Once the same-sex marriages were deemed constitutionally legal, um, if we, you recall... The whole question is, can we revisit that, Pete? It's, it's still they brought a, a bill. Wait, the legislature, no, 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 no. The legislature brought a bill and repealed sodomy on the books. So everybody's getting that wrong, too. I was a part of the legislature that said once same-sex marriage became legal, they bring it and they said, now sodomy needs to be taken off the books. We haven't even explored that 
as it relates to this abortion issue, because we have not been handed down an opinion. We've had a leaked opinion. Yes. If that is the opinion, hold on. Yes. And the legislature wants to start being proactive. I know ACLU has. They've already started petition, getting the 400 and some odd thousand petition signatures that they need to put it on the ballot. What I'm trying to say is this. If the laws are meant to be upheld, even the old ones, because they do have the Law Revision Commission in Lansing to revise laws or repeal them in wholesale on total form. But okay, pause. Got it. Understood. Got it. Got it. But we didn't do that. Karen Dumas. I, I guess as you know, this issue is becoming as it is. It's, it's political and it, and it takes precedence over oh, no. any to me, personal concern. I think that there, or I would like to see a balance between what Pete is saying and what Prosecutor McDonald is saying, because you do have a right and a responsibility to uphold the law. And I don't think that you can pick and choose, but at the same time, we don't have the resources or the resources should be allocated for something that has a more general and immediate impact and appeal for the community at large. Um, but the reality is, is that that's not working either. So, you know, we're, we're up for midterm elections this year. Um, I think that this is politicizing just the whole landscape. And at the end of the day, we'll still be having this conversation, as you said, four years from now. Now, if this if this opinion holds, this is the last that I told I'd get you guys out here in 15. If this holds what Alito wrote, come July, abortion will be illegal there might be a referendum to in codifying the state constitution a woman's right to choose in some way many of us are pro-life and pro-choice with caveats i would i would bet you that's the majority what happens in that two-month space 15 seconds to uh, the Oakland County prosecutor and then 15 to the Macomb County prosecutor and we'll say goodbye. Will this be a patchwork? Well, that's why the, the Michigan Supreme Court uh, and, and we've um, asked them in our pleadings to do so. And, and the governor has it should should consider it immediately so that we aren't in a space where uh, medical providers do not know what uh, what their if their actions are criminal or not. So the, the Michigan Supreme Court needs to to rule on it, and I would urge them to do so and take the take it up and and decide it so that we don't have that big question mark. Pete, we have a slippery slope in picking and choosing and or enforcing certain laws by the way a prosecutor feels that day. I like the fact that there's certainty, clarity, and most importantly. Uh, even-handed and, uh, and, and due process by saying, here's notice of the law. You don't like the law, change it. But until you do, I have an obligation to bring the charges and a judge has the obligation to listen to the facts, determine whether or not there's a need to enforce that law because that's what judges do, enforce the law as prosecutors. Only in the discretion of this judge will say, I can also decide to throw it out. But if I'm going to start picking and choosing, if I'm Not starting really to pick and choose, if I'm starting to pick and choose what laws are going to be enforced in the state, I don't think that we're giving properly uh, what's called fundamental fairness. And that's what I would like to see. Respectfully, Karen, if you don't want to charge or look at a case by abortions, you have that right, I guess. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I feel is my constitutional obligation by upholding the law that I was duly charged with doing.
You pick and choose every day. Every prosecutor elected in this country does so. Every single day, we pick and choose and use discretion about what charges we should bring. Yeah, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do the last word. It, it is about the viability of a fetus. When is that? This is about abortion. But remember, both of you, the state of Michigan says weed is legal. The federal government says it is illegal. The su su supremacy clause rules. The state of Michigan is aiding and abetting drug trafficking. Who's bringing that case? It is your responsibilities to sue the state for breaking the federal law. Think about that. We could do this into ad nauseum, but stay together. We as a people are going to have to figure this out. I thank you both, really, for taking the time. You're incredibly busy people. Kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. See you, Charlie. Bye, Karen. Bye, Karen. Thanks. <laughs> well, Karen, uh, I, look, wherever you are on this, those are two very honest public servants. Yeah. Karen's muted. <laughs> hey, my host muted me. I had to find the button. I didn't do that. But you're right, Charlie. But you know what? It, like everything else, is divisive. Um, I also think strategically this whole thing has been a distraction. I mean, and I think there's a reason behind that. Um, everything is political. Everything has a purpose. And, you know, if, if in fact this were pushed to the states, then you've, you're going to have people, you're going to have the interstate battle. You're going to have people crossing state lines. You're going to. I mean, it just makes more of a mess of this country than it already is. Okay, me. but we're not throwing our hands up because it is what it is. And we're the adults and we're living it. So I'm not going to. Are we? Uh, <laughs> it's a good one. But you, let me just point out that so much in the state is fucked up. Yeah, that's true. They can't get the highways together. They can't get the unemployment together. They can't get their processes together. You know what they should do? I have an idea. What? Should, should they call somebody? ADR consultants are the one you call <laughs> when you need to get something done right on time and on budget. Are you an investor? Are you a bureaucrat? Are you a builder? Are you a regular citizen? And they are just locking you up. Don't, don't spend the late nights trying to understand things. You really don't. Don't try calling City Hall, trying to make a relationship with somebody that never calls you back. That's why you hire the professionals. That's why you call Barry Ellen Tech for free consultation on construction, deconstruction, demolition, and everything else. I mean, all of it. You need a government interface. You need a business interface. Barry Ellen Tech, 248-318-9424. Oh, legitimate one, Charlie. Not the ones that the departments still make you hire as a consultant in order for them to do uh, what they're supposed to do anyway. Word. <laughs> That's a good point. That is word. Listen, <laughs> I mean... Seriously, uh, you know, when Karen was in government, she knows ADR. Yeah. You know, when you got a big project going, nobody knows what the fuck they're doing. That's who you call. That's how you get it done. And you don't blow everybody's money. And somebody's there looking over the interests of the taxpayer, of the business person, et cetera. That's who you do. That's yeah. Barry Allen Tuck, 248 318 Um, Do I got to say it? Like, oh, look at Red's out there. You guys can't see it. He's uh, zooming in. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. Do not put his microphone on. 
Yeah. He's got prison braids today. He got prison braids. He looks like he just escaped on the side of the highway. Do not pick this man up. He does. He's in an American Coney Island hoodie. Run from red and run right down to the corner of Lafayette and Michigan Avenue and get you the original, the best, the finest Coney dog in the United States. What is a Coney dog? You in Texas wonder. It is a proprietary hot dog, proprietary meat sauce, Vidalia onions, and mustard, and the bread is delicious. And if you can get to Detroit, and if you're afraid to be going through Missouri where red's there looking like, well, red, <laughs> you can get a Coney kit delivered right to your door. You go to AmericanConeyIsland.com, 12 dogs, all the fixings, fixings, you cook them when you want. American Coney Island. Everybody the No Bullshit News Hour works there in some capacity. Yep. Right? Love them. Well, you Love just them. eat. I just eat, yeah. I well, it's still work. You don't work, dude. I burn calories by adding calories. You've never worked a day in your life. No, not at all. Sit behind a board. Talking about. Sit behind a board, press buttons, and like give give you know half-enlightened opinions. Get yelled at. Mark! What? <laughs> Wait, I was fell asleep. No wacky's music! <laughs> okay. Associate Inc. The Dow's up a thousand. The Dow's down a thousand. Gold at 188.8. What you gonna do? Masturbate? <laughs> I just getting into the music. It's just rapping. Don't, Don't make me Charlie. Do not be a financial self stimulator. Ooh, yeah. Right. That's a that's an interesting way to put it. You all know you have no idea what's going on. What's the bond yield? What am I doing? What is a bond yield? I don't know. What is a bond yield, Zach? No, it's no. the secondary market where you've already bought a bond and you want you're betting that the interest rates on the bond are not gonna match what's out there in the market now. Okay. I'll just so call it. So you sell a bond for less than it's worth. The yield goes up. He or she who purchases the used bond, the return, the yield increases. This usually means something's going on in the midterm. Like, I need to get out of these things and get my money active right now. I know. I know. Keep that going. I still got to refresh my own memory. But I call Luke. Yeah. Luke lets me know. Luke sharp, handles, sharp man. Luke, Luke handles my dough. I'm not saying you should handle your dough, but think about it. You call me at 248-663-4748 for rational, tailored financial advice. And finally, the Fed's just popped that interest cool. rate, one half of 1%, the biggest benchmark increase in an entire generation. Hey, Karen. Yes, I'm listening, Charlie. How smart was this program to be telling you this was? I mean, we did. We're right. We've been ta we talked about it for over a year, Charlie. And you know, we've talked about all of this. We've talked about preparation. We've talked about managing your money. We've talked about refinancing your home, stabilizing your financial investments, uh, and and your. Uh, reservoir, if you will. Uh, and if you had done so, you'd probably be in a better position now. But if you don't now, you won't be in a better position later. That's right. <laughs> I'm the captain of this financial ship. And I'm telling I'm you people. I'm the captain now. I'm telling you people. What? It was on the wall. I'm, I know. I'm wearing this skipper's hat. You can bring a, a trunk of props. Who the fuck owns a skipper's hat? <laughs> Drew. Not 
not even guys with bow tone <laughs> skipper hat. It's, it's giving me Gilligan's Isle vibes. <laughs> I feel like you've taken command, though. Well, you oh, wear- no, oh, no, love boat vibes, Mark. Love no, boat. it's Gilligan's. I sit right back and I tell you a tale of your credit card debt. You got student loans as home remodeling project that you need. That you need money for. A cash out home refinancing from Hall Financial is the answer that you're looking for. You may have thousands of dollars you didn't even know about. You didn't even know about. The average house has gained over $30,000 in value in the last year. So consolidate all your debt. Consolidate all your debt. Into one manageable mortgage payment. All financial can get your cash out refinance payment is a little as eight days. Call 866-CALL-HALL or online at callhallfirst.com. Callhallfirst.com. Luxury. Turn it up. Well, uh, this would be the dumbest reason to get kicked off Facebook. <laughs> Who cares? We get kicked off. Fuck okay. those guys with shadow banners. You just keep share, share, sharing. We, we're like knocking these things out of the park. Like 80% of people didn't get this program. Watch it. 50%. Get, get that back on. I want my Gilligan. Just sit it right back and you hear a tale. A tale of a fateful trip. And started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Aboard was a mighty sailor man, the skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was lost. If not for Clinton's fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. On the shore of this uncharted desert isle. The skipper And the rest. And Gilligan's so this is the tale about castaways. They're huh? I didn't know there's another verse. The fuck is this the extended version? It's the second verse. It's the dance mix. Get this shit off. It's the extended version, but Charlie, you'll never make it as a rapper. <laughs> Thanks, Karen. It's great. Wait, ready, ready to get this thing positive. My favorite Charlie LaDuff fact is that you have this incredible encyclopedic knowledge of lyrics for every yeah, song. Yeah. It's bizarre. <laughs> I, I've never known somebody who knows as many lyrics to songs. Do you, know, do you know what that reminds me of? What? You do, Mark. My, my mommy. Oh, really? Because she plays it? No, because she hated me and I was raised by TV. <laughs> you know what my mother used to tell me? You know what my mother used to tell me? What did your mother used to tell you? She'd say, why can't you be like more like Marvin? Why can't you be more like your cousin Marvin? Who was Marvin? Hey, he died at birth. Charlie. Uh, it was rough. It was rough. Do I hear childhood pain coming out here? Well, speaking of childhood pain, I broke my legs once, and my mom said, "But you can't limp." What? <laughs> Why you can't? Happy Mother's Day, everybody! <laughs> yeah, you try to take Red's job. I to say you're opening for Red. <laughs> Stand by, Red is with us. You but will, listen, yeah. but first, first. We got to talk about the economy. The Fed is in a catch-22, ladies and gentlemen. It raised interest rates by one-half of a percent to slow the economy and inflation so people could buy food. But people can't buy food now. So how will they buy food if the economy slows down? You can hear it. 
You can hear something brewing in aisle seven, and you can hear it all the way from aisle five. The distinct sound of frustration and worry. It was the end of the month at Parkway Foods, a nice, well-stocked grocery store on Detroit's east side. The floors were mopped and the vegetables were fresh. I went there last week. The shopping carts were light. The shoppers were not well-to-do. Rich people shop somewhere else than the east side of Detroit. And the poor people you see at the beginning of the month when the government assistance comes in won't be back until May. It's the last week of April, and you see the working stiffs who live paycheck to paycheck or on a fixed income. In today's America, the average Ednas and the regular guy Reggie's can't afford to shop with wanton desire. Pennywise is the rule of the day. These are the people who are really feeling the pinch of food inflation. The real people really feeling it. You know, like nickel the nickel. These are the majority of Americans. I don't get it, fumes Reggie, a self-employed handyman who's looking over the aluminum barbecue pans. It says four for $5, but I only need one. Now, the idea of buying more than one sends Reggie into a muttering rage. The few extra bucks mean a lot. Bread is now going for $3 a loaf. Eggs are going for $4. Cereal's going for 7 A quarter of orange juice, forget about it. You seen the price of meat? Reggie asked me. So I go over to the coolers. Makita Bush is stocking packaged meat. Ground beef is selling for more than $3.50 a pound. Bush was something of a real-world, practical math economist. She says to me, those who get government assistance, you don't really have to worry about them. They got an increase at the start of COVID. Then they got another increase last year. And now they're getting another increase starting this month. They're fine. It's the people who work that you hear it from. That's who inflation's hardest on. Those are the people who have the real complaint. And indeed, Miss Bush Mathematics, check out. To be eligible for food assistance, according to the state's website, a family of three must earn less than $30,000. That's $15 an hour if just one parent is working. At the beginning of the pandemic, their food stamp allotment was increased to $509 a month. And with Governor Whitmer's latest bump, the same family will receive $658, a 30% increase above the first increase. Now, you can measure inflation any way you want, up 8.5% for the year. Up 10% for the year just for groceries. The price for meat and eggs has increased 15% over the last year. And since the pandemic began in March 2020, prices overall have risen more than 16% across America, according to the United States Department of Labor, a 40-year high for people my age. That's grandchildren. That's, that's grand 40 years any way you count it, working people are growing thinner. The wealthy don't have to worry about it. The wealthy got wealthier during the pandemic. The professional classes got their low interest loans and payroll protection payouts. The poor got their rent kicked and their food assistance upped. The working stiff got a few stimulus checks, got a, maybe a supplemental unemployment benefit for a while, and now that's gone. What they have left is a basket of worry and more inflation on the way. Drought in the West, 
War in the East and food prices going north. Says a lady to me, her name is Martha Robinson, a retired city worker. She says, nowadays, you have to choose between paying more for the same amount of food or pay the same amount of money for less food. That's it. You either get a second job or you eat less. Wisdom. Now, the occupants in the White House, the State House, and the mayoral mansion would be wise to remember that. As the working class goes, so goes America. They're easy enough to find. He's standing right there in aisle seven, cursing to the rafters. Peace, Charlie. It's true. It's rough. But you know what? I will say this. I've, I've gone to sh I've gone to Parkway because it's convenient. Mm -hmm. I have. I mean, you know, I go down there and it's always clean. You know, people are courteous and uh, it's close by between there, Indian Village Market, Harbor Town, and now Meyer on Jefferson. We've got four stores right on Jefferson to choose from. Which is a which is a good development because it wasn't that way for many many years. Yep, that's but they're all very expensive now. When the when the when the pandemic first hit and as they were slowly starting to shut down, I was literally in Parkway when they were walking around increasing the prices on stuff. They were mm -hmm. literally changing. So people that don't have the opportunity to go someplace, I can drive to Allen Park. I can drive to Madison Heights. They those prices down there, just like at Meyer, are extremely high. The prices on these floors are very high. So you have less and you are forced to pay more. So you're paying for that convenience. Yeah, you know, that's in the, absolutely. And the, the very good store, very good. And, you know, it's not gouging. Talking to Ms. Bush, you know, last year when the load came in, so let, let's, let's give you a, like a price range. A block of meat was delivered for 10 and the store would add a dollar on and it'd be 11 right? Now it comes in for 11 and the store is charging 12. The store is eating loss yeah. because of inflation, right? The supply, the supplies. Only, they'll only do that for so long. Right. And let's remember like the reason I wanted to go to the parkway is we working people look, God bless America. We're all different. The cultures are rich, but we share them and we're different in ways but we're together and we're the same in ways. Whether it be Jefferson or Woodward or Wayne Road, I don't know about you, man. I I, I sleep at night and I, I really worry and I can't wait to wake up because my sense comes back to me, right? But my soul's telling me, whoa. It's, it's tough, Charlie. Yesterday, there was an older gentleman that had been talking um, uh, uh, to me and my daughter in the store. And he was telling, talking about how he had a back to life experience. He had been, his skull had been crushed. Very nice uh -oh. guy, this older guy. And uh, he was behind us in line. And, you know, so what I did was I just had the cashier just add his stuff on and we paid for his groceries, just a small gesture for a senior citizen. You know, he had a handicap plate and that kind of thing. And I'm thankful for the opportunity and the ability to do little things like that for others. You're so sweet and, and suckered. As I say, the answer, we, the no, answer we, to inflation we, is we, to follow Garen around. We got that on film. That was actually a guy we hired, right, to look sad. No, you you, no, you no, we did. Yeah, that's can of camera. Not. And then we paid for it, and I, I ate it. 
That's one way to get cheap groceries. Just, just follow Karen. Karen. Just just play on the fool who still believes in humanity and, and loving each other. Hey, he didn't ask me to, you know, I just told the, it's you know, nice. I mean, you just sometimes, you know, you, you, you have to help other people. And so, most senior citizens are on a fixed income. And he was a very nice guy. It was just a little bit of something that I hope made his day. He was very thankful when I walked up to the parking lot. He was actually standing next to his car saying a prayer. Did he try to add stuff back into his? Oh, uh, whoa! No, his but he did say, "Wait, I need this <laughs> exactly. one." No, he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, he didn't. That's a scene. He was, he was almost in tears. No, we he just was chuckled very, all over uh, the. the we lost it there, which was there's an old man praying at his car. Mm-hmm. How can you not love this place called America? How, uh, listen to yeah. Karen. How could you not love Karen? Oh, and that old man. Great. I, I, well, it's not everybody does, and it's okay. This is the best, man. We, uh, Char- Charlie LaDouche, it's okay. <laughs> Shut up, dumbass. Karen, dumbass. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's what the trolls are calling us. Charlie LaDouche. LaDouche and, and dumbass. dumbass. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dumbass and LaDouche. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like a 70s sitcom. <laughs> like a buddy cop. It's like yeah, Barney Miller, buddy <laughs> <Yeah>. Miller. <laughs> Come on, Karen, let's do it. <laughs> okay, listen, now let, let's move along here. Uh, we talked about Oakland County. Mm-hmm. And we talked about Macomb County. If you're going to do the big three, where, you know, sorry, Ken County and everybody else in Michigan, we love you. You know, we're we looking now, but like the people in their great swath live in the Tri County area. And Wayne County is the biggest. Most powerful, if not the brokest and most corrupt county in Michigan. Yeah. Right? But this got a lot of power because we live here. Um, here's what I got. It's election year. And it's getting mean in Wayne County. It's getting mean, right? Because Nasty. It's, in Detroit, I love it. You know, this is, this is my wheelhouse and... I've never seen. I got a. I got a video in my inbox, right from a pack. Hmm. It was behind that pack. Interesting. Hmm. I've never seen a, a a commercial for sheriff. Wayne County, big deal, huge budget, like a hundred ten million dollar budget. Questions of crime, questions of incarceration, the whole nine. I've never seen a commercial for a candidate, much less a hit. An attack uh, ad, negative ad. ad, negative campaign, yeah. For sheriff, meaning this is a big deal. And this one is, uh, what, how do I say it? This is interim, current, well, you're going to hear it. But what's interesting is Ray Washington, been on the program, uh, was appointed to the Wayne County Sheriff's position after oh. County Sheriff Benny Napoleon sadly died of COVID. And he was selected by the machine, Two women in the machine, Kim Worthy, the Wayne County prosecutor, and Kathy Garrett, the Wayne County uh, clerk, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you, what you're about to see is interesting because now we're in the year of women's rights and uh, reproductive rights, and this is what came. This is what this. Oh, boy. Go ahead, play it. 
What you are about to hear is quite disturbing. In 2002, the current interim Wayne County Sheriff, Raphael Washington, was investigated for a peeping Tom incident. In 2008 and 2010, he was investigated for sexual harassment in two separate cases. In 2011, he was demoted from chief to deputy chief for sexual harassment. In 2017, Wayne County taxpayers paid $85,000 in lawsuits for his sexual harassment claims. Vote no for Raphael Washington. No sexual harassment. Now, citizens for a fair and positive government. Nobody paid us for that, and we will not accept as a revenue stream political ads. But it's newsy. If they're newsy, we'll run them. So anybody else want to send shit to me? It's it's salacious, Charlie. It's dirty politics, Um, and I expected this to to, and I think the sheriff expected this as well. How do you know that? I know Ray, you know, I mean, we, I talked to Ray and um, I just I think he anticipated this coming down, given who is running uh, against him and who is working on that campaign. Um, that's just the M.O. And, you know, fill the audience is, in, Karen, a little quick, quickly fill the you're talking inside baseball names. Numbers. No, I don't need to give names, Charlie. I'm just, I'm not going to. We're the news. We're the news. Who's running running against Ray? Now it's, it's, it's Walter Walter Epps is running against Ray Washington. Um, But, you know, I mean, this is old school, dirty baseline Detroit politics. But is it dirty? Is it actually really dirty when we're talking about one of the highest positions in the county? When we're talking about, you know, Hashtag me too. When we're talking about abortion rights, is it really dirty uh, it's pool? A, it's a, well, yeah, wait yeah, a it's minute. A, Thank you. Okay. Have some manners. God, women are such guys now. Quality. I thought I had the upper hand here. I'm I woman. mean, I can't even be heard. I, people like me can't even be on NPR. <laughs> Isn't it matter that a broke-ass county's money is going to settle sexual harassment suits? Yeah, well, I think it. I think it should matter. But Charlie, as usual, in any type of whether it's politics or you know whether it's corporate, people have one side of a story. So you know, Ray's been on the show. I think it's only fair that you know because you've just pretty much played a political commercial for his opponent that you give him the opportunity to come on and talk about. Sure, how but wait a minute. Let me stop right there before that takes root. I didn't play a commercial for his opponent. I well, play. That's what it was. I, well, I play a commercial that raises true. But that commercial was in- out by his opponent. Charlie. Okay, fine. You know fine. That. Yeah, we, Ray was on, and then like sort of, I guess his opponent's on. But me being plugged in, I got all the documents. I've got all the complaints. I've got the criminal investigations. I've got the paperwork. Mostly, that commercial's accurate. Now, here's what I'm saying. Fine, that's the cheap and easy one. My Mm -hmm. mom lives in Wayne County. I grew up in Wayne County. You live in Wayne County. Here's what I expect. How many people have been released from the jail because Kim Worthy's been on the show? We're Mm -hmm. three years behind in the courts. We got hundreds of dudes sitting around since 2019 waiting for a trial. How many people who've been accused of some level of homicide or manslaughter are out on a tether. The county won't provide it. They're dipping and dodging. It's about 60. We let people out because of COVID and they go on to rape. What the fuck's going on down there? 
That's a huge deal. So mm, you're right. And it it deserves an answer. I'm not going to say that it shouldn't. It deserves an answer. It, the circumstances surrounding that video, the the issues you just brought up, they deserve answers. People have a right to know. I'm not, you can't shy away from that. Uh, Yeah, you know, so I know I'm not doing a plan for anybody. I'm just doing what I, I find to be interesting. Yeah, Ray always got a, a place here. Mr. Epps never met you. Don't know who you are. You got a place on here because we got to cover this too. Now we're going to move on. Warren Evans is being challenged for the county executive seat by my favorite ex-con and yours, Monica Conyers. I don't think she's going to get on the ballot because we all passed an amendment to the Constitution saying no ex-con that stole from the people can be on the ballot. For 20 you- years. You can play technically if you want. You're still an ex-con who stole from the people. I believe in forgiveness and you're able to move on in life. But even when they parole, like guys like Charles Pugh, mm-hmm. fucking pedophiles, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to work at a children's circus. If you're a public official and you stole from the public, you got no right to be around it. Ha <laughs> ha. And Warren Evans, by the way, running you lost your job at the DPD as the chief because you were sleeping with the help. And another guy getting involved in the sheriff's race is Mike Duggan, who steered money to his girlfriend for her pet medical program. Then the emails got destroyed showing, showing the, the connection. So hardly, I don't think anybody really can go out there and... and campaign for Ray. Ray's going to have to show some accomplishment. And again, 1,700 people are out on tether and too many dozens of them are very serious criminals. And whoever this Epps dude is, explain me how you're going to fix it, bro. Because your budget is controlled by Evans. And I've been watching since I moved back here since 2008 how they loot that sheriff's office. And what's the budget on the new jail? This is, right? Yeah. What's the deal? What's happening? I'm coming. Because my mama lives there. And your mama lives there. And she might live in, hey, Ren, man, what, what, what's, what, what's the county of St. Louis? Just lip sync it. What is it? <laughs> Go ahead. He don't know. <laughs> All right, unmute. Get right off of the uh, edge in. of the um, the expressway. That looks so <laughs> no, dangerous. All right, go ahead there. Poor guy. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Some hey, Red, you gotta unmute yourself. So the government can track you. Jeez. Oh, what uh, happened? Yeah, just hey, the shit I do for this show sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> These trucks going by so fast, they making me and the car shake. <laughs> Dude, that's not why you're shaking you up with your cousins all night doing cocaine and drinking fine whiskey. <laughs> Is that your attack ad? <laughs> well, no, well, man, it's a funeral. To the first one, but hell yeah, to the second one. He's like, we can't get no cocaine. I don't trust the fentanyl shit. <laughs> so, Red, anyway, brother, um, I'm sure you saw comedian Dave Chappelle was attacked on stage at the Hollywood Bowl this week. The dude that attacked him had a knife, got his arms all crushed up, which he deserves. However, bro, the L.A. County prosecutor declined to charge the dude with a felony, even though he bum-rushed the stage with a knife. Now, brother, you told this audience all this shit was going to happen after Will Smith slapped down Chris Rock at the Oscars. What's your feeling about Chappelle's attacker 
not getting shit. First of all, that's bullshit, and we need to send Pete Lucido down there <laughs> so he can be the prosecutor and get that shit in order. Okay. But, yeah. First thing we should do is have Pete Lucido rub his hair oil all over the soles of the guy's shoes so he slips and falls <laughs> before he's able to get close. All right, I'm going to say this as I'm on the highway side of the road. What's going to happen is his clubs are going to start being held accountable for their crowd. Yeah. Because us as comedians can't be worried about uh, people running up on the stage. I don't have a security team or entourage. So, but that's because you're not club, very funny. No, no I, I'm funny. I'm just not famous. <laughs> and <laughs> you sat up at night thinking about this. Why not I'm famous? Yeah. I'm funny yeah, as shit. I'm just not famous. So they they gonna have to. And then the prosecutor not pressing charges on this guy. Is not setting a good example or tone because he committed a felony action. He attacked somebody with a weapon that was illegal. And why not prosecute? It's not important enough. Oh no! So now he, I got to worry about yeah. getting attacked on stage, getting robbed outside the club after I done got paid. I mean, they making it dangerous for us funny people to be funny. Yeah, man. Um. That's so true. Without without the court jester, you, you, there's no release valve to really look at yourself honestly. You know what I mean? No, it is not. And that's what we are. Laughter is healing. So if it's so tight and the tensions is so hot in the country, and this is going to become the new trend, eventually you're going to have a lot of comics charging a whole lot more so they can provide security. And the clubs are going to, and facilities are going to be starting to be held accountable. Venues for not having security and crowd control. I think, I think, comedians are going to start arming themselves. Yeah. Uh, hey, well, uh, not not to put it out there, but I already do. But in some clubs, you cannot. It, first of all, you're not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait bar. a minute, dude. Dude, I think you just put it out there. <laughs> Yeah, I did. I'm on the side of the highway right now. I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Uh, but a lot of it's legal by law as a CPL holder. You are not supposed to carry your weapon inside a drinking establishment that sells liquor. But unfortunately, the, 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 the attitude is becoming, I'd rather get caught with it than caught without it, especially with this outbreak of People attacking us while we on stage. It, it can't, they can't go. They can't float. And the prosecutor down there need her, her or his ass kicked for not going to the prosecuting this and setting an example that, hey, we are not going to go for assault on an entertainer because you don't like what they say. And the people that's doing this need to understand something. The First Amendment state. Freedom of speech is not one damn amendment that says you can whoop my ass because you don't like my speech. Did anybody tell Will Smith that? Uh, after the fact, I think he knows now. All the contracts he's been losing, I think he understands now. Too bad you didn't understand before, dude. Where are you? Uh, actually, I'm about 80 miles outside of Indianapolis. Uh, on some farm. 
cows back here. I tried to find some cows, but apparently they don't come out no more in great. I ain't seen a cow in like three hours. So, Ray, what's with the new hairstyle? You got the prison braids going on. What is that? Hey, Karen, I got to keep it breezy. It's getting to be summer. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to change up the look. And then... With all this slapping shit going on, I got to look as intimidating as possible. <laughs> hey, do me a favor, man. Tilt, tilt that camera down a little bit. Show that logo on your, on your, on your chest there. What's that? What's that say there, really? American Coney Island, Detroit, and Las Vegas. Hurry home, dude. Be safe, and there's going to be a warm dog or a euro waiting for you. All right, man? Hey, in about two days, because I've been on this road for about half side of the road for about an hour, I'll be home. <laughs> Drive safely, Red. Wait, I didn't get that. Wait, huh? What? You're, you're, we're, we're wasting his time, basically. I had to jump through this screen and beat his ass. <laughs> Thank, thanks for translating that, Mark. Appreciate it. <laughs> that's my job. There he is, ladies and gentlemen. And that's all we got for you. Remember, try to love one another. If you can't love one another, man, you know. Just get along. Love you, Karen. Thank you, Charlie. See you. Bye, Mark. Deuces, Joey. Red. Jesus! See y'all when I get home!